raw, uncut, and unapologetic. Welcome to Men Talking Mindfulness with your hosts John McCaskill and Will Schneider. Here we focus on helping men and those with men in their lives solve some of life's complex challenges through understanding the practices of mindfulness and how they can help. Each episode is in an environment free of judgment and criticism with a focus on authenticity and inner peace. Let's dig in. What does it take to be calm in the clutch? Today's guest, Prime Hall, he's right there already on the screen with us. Hi, Prime. Uh, Prime Hall is here to help us understand what this looks like and what it takes to maintain uh, your composure when shit is going down. Prime is a, for- a former special operations Marine Raider with combat experience in Iraq and Afghanistan. As a Marine water survival instructor for 10 years, he's trained thousands of Marines to develop water confidence. Since leaving the military, Prime's passion to teach more people these game-changing life confidence or water confidence skills led him to co-found the water Underwater Torpedo League and Deep End Fitness. These programs have been built, tested, and now utilized by current championship-level professional MMA fighters, Olympic athletes, NFL players, pro surfers, and high-level business, business executives, giving all of them the tools they need to break through the glass ceilings and unlock their highest states of performance. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Men Talking Mindfulness. There's my boy over there in Colorado Springs, John, and I'm over here in New York City, and we are stoked for this conversation with Prime. Um, we'll use our time today to help you understand how challenging your basic human need to breathe can help you develop lasting resilience wherever life takes you. Um, before we jumping onto this conversation or jump into this conversation with Prime, I'll turn it over to John for a few quick announcements and then our opening practice. So welcome, gentlemen. Good to see you. And thank you for being here today, Prime. Yeah, thanks, Prime. <clears throat> thanks for being here. Very excited to have you. Very excited to jump into this conversation. But first, as Will mentioned, I'm going to jump in with a few announcements. As we've covered the past few weeks, our next in-person mindfulness adventure retreat is happening May 18th through the 21st, 2023 on the East Coast in upstate New York. Uh, it's going to be awesome there. It's at the beautiful Juan Dharma Center uh, in upstate New York. It's four days, three nights of working to rewrite your story, kind of turn down the volume on that negative narrative that so many of us have. All of us have. We just got to turn out, turn that volume down, learn how to turn the volume up on the good stuff, turn the volume down on the bad stuff. We're going to be doing a lot of that. And right now there is an early bird special. Sign up on or before January 19th, actually before January 19th, and you'll receive $400 off the full price. More details at mentalkingmindfulness.com slash retreat. That's mentalkingmindfulness.com slash retreat. And then we always ask our, our viewers and listeners to follow us, subscribe, follow us on YouTube, all the different social medias, subscribe to the podcast. All right. That said, let's get into our opening practice. If you've never been on the show, if you've never listened to the show, never seen the show before, the way we do this is we bookend the episodes with practices. We start with an opening practice, just five simple breaths of getting grounded for the show. And that's just as much for you guys as it is as it is for us. <laughs> uh, we calm ourselves down with the episode uh, before the episode, and then we'll wrap it up at the end with something similar. So that said, go ahead and get comfortable. And let's, uh, let's bring our attention to our breath. And if closing your eyes is comfortable, go ahead and do so. Otherwise, just soften your gaze. And let's breathe in, in through your nose, hold at the top, and release. 
Nice, nice, nice. Hold empty, 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 and deep breath in. Hold at the top and relax. <sighs> empty, empty, empty all the way. Hold empty at the bottom, empty. Deep breath in for number three. Fill those lungs up all the way. Another sip at the top. Hold and relax. Letting it go. Letting it go. Letting it go. Holding empty at the bottom. One more for number four. Holding and release. Holding empty at the bottom. Last one, last one, deep breath in. Noticing the lungs expanding, what that feels like. Holding full at the top and release. And as you release, start to bring some movement back into your body with your fingertips, your neck, maybe your toes and Go ahead and open up your eyes, and here we are, ready to go into the meat and potatoes of the show. So, uh, Brian, again, thanks for joining us, brother. It's an honor to have you here. And uh, we, we covered your bio there at the beginning, so we're going to jump right into talking to you about what you do now. And I'm sure in that conversation, your experiences in the Raiders on and off the battlefield will come into the conversation naturally. So that said, you co-founded deep end fitness and underwater and the underwater torpedo league with Don Tran. A couple questions based on that. One, were you and Don both water survival instructors together? And then follow on to that. What inspired you guys together to take underwater training mainstream? Yeah. So that's a great question. Don and I have a special relationship. We met during selection at Marine Raider selection, which is a month long tryout. And we met each other in an event, you know, like one of the events where you have to carry water jugs and, uh, you know, your forearms burn out and you have to use teamwork to get it, get it done. And so that's what, that's how we met. And, uh, we were fortunate enough to go to be at Camp Pendleton together. So then after selection, we both went back to Camp Pendleton. I was already working at the pool, um, which I found to be the optimal training, uh, gig to have leading up to special operations training. And you get a lot better training working at the pool than you do being in the infantry battalion and having to go sure. clean machine guns and do all the <laughs> stuff that they need you to do, you know, while you're trying to train for selection, somehow they like to put you to more work when that happens. So, <laughs> um, so, uh, anyway, I got into the pool before selection. And then when we got back, I brought Don and got him a job at the pool. So then we were both water survival instructors there training for about a year training, uh, the Marines that were coming in for their water certifications which that pool at Camp Horno was the busiest pool. And that's like the warfighter pool. So that's where the infantry battalions and the recon battalions and all that stuff are all around that pool. So, and we would have bus loads of Marines coming from 29 Palms because their pools were down and whatever else. So we were just action packed and we would have swim qualifications with hundreds of Marines and do this, you know, every week, all the time, getting reps and sometimes there was two key points that, that were learning factors for us. And this is, feeds into why we started Underwater Torpedo League and Deep in Fitness is that 
working at the pool back then, you know, as a young Marine and you would have senior Marines that would come in that had no water confidence and you would have to deal with that and help them to learn how to swim or help them to get through this thing. And then you would have to take them up to the 30 foot high tower. And some of them were senior, senior Marines, the most senior that would have the most fear of heights. And it would come uh-huh. down to a young Marine having to throw them off of the 30 foot high tower because of a safety concern. Because if they grab the rail and they fall off, they'll hit their head and they'll die. Right, right. So basically, mm-hmm. once they start flipping out, freaking out on you up there, you if they grab the rail, you have to launch them. You know, you can't let them. So yeah, yeah. So if you can imagine, if you can imagine some of the situations that took place up there, that that then led to be like, okay, well, I got to figure out how to coach people and be able to talk them through doing it, so I don't have to just, I can't just push everyone off. That's like, you can't just force everything. You got to be able to work through it. So. Right. There's a lot of aha moments that came from taking someone's fear and their anxiety and all of their things about themselves and shifting their focus externally, like up at the 30 foot thing, look at the horizon, relax, you know, mm. um, yeah. down underwater, look at the torpedo. I know you don't want to swim and you know, you, you don't like the water, but just see yeah. this little shiny fish that I have. Watch me pass that to you. Right. Let me see me pass that. And then now can you do, you trust me, right? Can you come off the wall for a sec? Can you pass this with me? Can you follow me? Can you follow me across? Now I'm just now I'm just hijacking their focus. And now they right. just swam across the pool for the first time. I've done that. I don't know how many dozens of times I've done that with people that can't swim. You just get their focus and you get them across. I've had people that, that are training for special operations training. They've never been able to do a 25 meter underwater. They've never been able to do a 50. So you get them to do a 25 and then it's like, hey, all you need to do to do the 50 is turn around at the 25 and follow me back. And I'm right. going to be swimming all weird backwards. <laughs> Try to catch me, you know, and all it is, is just focusing. So that was a big aha moment. We had a lot of things. And then whenever we went into our special operations training, we realized that the underwater training and the pool work that we had been doing was repaying um, all of the most stressful and challenging parts of the pipeline. Yeah, I mean, basically what you're doing there is is mindfulness, right? Is you're bringing their attention to one thing, whether it's that torpedo, if it's you swimming funny, you're turning off the anxiety, the stress, and you're making them hyper-focused on one anchor, uh, no pun intended, uh, at, at one time. And that's that's what mindfulness is. Again, for those may, maybe who are listening and never listened to the show before and are curious about what mindfulness is, it is being present focusing on one thing and that's exactly what you're doing in the water. So I love that. And I love that you're taking people um, through something that is terrifying to the, to them potentially and bringing them to the end and then showing them, Hey, guess what? You just did this. You just did it. And that's awesome. How does that, how does that shift? Um, you know, John kind of touched on it a little bit, like, but how does that shift? Like, what does that do to the mind? What does that do to the, you know, because you talk about, or I mentioned earlier, being calm in the clutch, right? So this helps to create, at least shift the focus uh, and help allows us the opportunity to be more calm in these like heightened circumstances. So can you just like take us into like, you know, the mindset of like going from this heightened state of anxiety and I can't, I can't, I can't and shifting focus and moving into like, oh my God, I just went the entire length of the pool, like on one breath. Could you just like walk us through the mind in that, in that case or what you're learning or, or, or also what you're seeing yeah. out there? you know, with the people um, that you've been working with for all these years. Yeah, hundred percent. So I think that the mind, um, 
you know, we all have these glass ceilings that we put on ourselves, you know, as far as what's possible or what we can do and Mm -hmm. what people told us we can do and all the programming that we have from our whole life and all the people that told us that we couldn't do shit and all this stuff. And so now we're there and we're in, and, uh, you know, we're in this environment where, you know, subconsciously all those feedback loops are, are, are starting to go off and tell us all the things that we can't do. And it's like, some of that shit was 10 years ago when someone told you that like, right, right. you're a completely different person now, you know? So mm-hmm. this is the present moment. And if we're stuck in the past, then we can't unlock possibility in the present moment, you know, holding on to things. So, but that's the learning that you go through. So you kind of, you're exposing yourself to a new stimulus if you haven't been mm-hmm. doing underwater training and whatever else. And so sometimes you could take the top athlete in the world that's never touched this stuff. And they're going to come in and have so crazy growth from it and learning from themselves like a Jahari window where you're, where you're learning, you're getting feedback and download and information and perspective on yourself and how you show up and how you operate through stress in a, in a, in a highlighted way in a safe environment. And so Mm -hmm. what happens is like a process when you go through that is you're taking someone that, you know, none, none of us, the water, we're never, none of us are ever going to beat the water. The water's always going to win. So we're, ha- we're mm. coming in with that mindset and, we're, and we know that we can't beat the water, but we're coming in and, and we know that we have resistance towards it. We know that it, we go into a survival situation when we go underwater and the mammalian dive response goes off and our hunger for air and there's alarm going off. And if we didn't have that, everybody would be face down, drowned in the pool. That's a good thing. We have a survival mechanism that tells us to come <laughs> up for air. Good, but we got to understand what, that, what, that, what that's doing because otherwise it's just going to feel like panic. It's like, oh, I can't be underwater, but it's yeah. like, but do you understand, but do you understand what's happening? But do you right. understand that that's actually a positive thing that, 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 that alarm's going off. Mm. And so now that you know that about yourself, let's try let's start to focus beyond that. Cause that's a huge opportunity for mental focus and practicing mental focus where sometimes it takes me hours in the gym or we're doing whatever workout to achieve that type of focus. Where in the pool, it literally takes minutes, it takes a couple minutes doing a couple breath holds and finding that focus hmm. um, and closing out all these other mental tabs. It's a survival situation. So that's why we use the pool. That's why we that's why we started Deep in Fitness and Underwater Torpedo League, because we can have transformations and breakthroughs in the pool in 30 minutes with each person, even if they're returning wow. or whatever. And, yeah. and if we go to the gym, I can do hocus pocus and I can have you do different stuff and I can whatever, but it might take me months to get a breakthrough like that. Whereas mm. here I just, I'm, 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 I'm parked outside of the pool in La Jolla in San Diego and I'm coming out for training the Padres off season training and there's awesome. fighters there. There's MLB players. There's one of the staff members. There's all these different high performing individuals and they're all learning from each other and they're all experiencing the same thing and they're not in competition with each other. They right. just did max breath holds. One of them got a four minute and 30 second. Wow. Some of them got nice. three minute. Some of them got a minute and a half. Some of them, I mean, Fuck. and so, uh, you know, the highest, one of the highest paid athletes, it's a minute and a half. The other athlete gets a four and a half minute, not yeah. paid high, right. you know, but a world yeah. champion, not paid high though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, so anyway, um, it's like a it, it's a self mastery thing. You're t- imagine right. taking someone that doesn't want to be underwater, and now you're going to say, "Hey, we're going to be here for six weeks every Wednesday for an hour and a half, and we're going to and we're going to find your baseline day one, 
where you're at. And then we're going to build on that, you know, for, mm-hmm. for five weeks. And I need your, do I have your permission to push you, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then, so part of it is building that trait, that trust relationship and that training relationship. Yeah. But mm-hmm. You're taking someone that, that goes underwater their first time and you hold, and we always start with 15 seconds, but they hold for 15 seconds. And right when I sound the alarm at 15, they bolt to the surface, like, <gasps> 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 you know? and it's like, all right, slow it down. Now, when I beep it, I want you to wait a second or two before you come up. We don't rock mm. it to the surface like that. Okay. Yeah. And then now we're going to start to condition our mind and train our mind and fortify our mind, almost like a prisoner that sits in a cell that has a whole array of things that they can access in their mind at a moment's notice to occupy their mind. That's kind of the tool mm. set that we're building in self mastery to be able to stay at the bottom of the pool for four and a half minutes or whatever. And, uh, wow. And so, um, and, and I, I say that like, you know, there's, there's world renowned free dive coaches like Kirk crack that teach people to hold their breath for, you know, Kate Winslet, I think hold her, uh, actress held her breath for eight minutes in avatar. Didn't she just did that in avatar, right? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. So I'm telling you that like, I'm, there's, there's people doing crazy breath holds and stuff on, in a controlled environment and, that, and all that stuff. This isn't really that. This isn't that. This, this, this is that, but it's not like that. There's there's people out there that mm-hmm. are doing world record, you know, breaking breath holds and all that stuff. This isn't to. This, this is more so to break through that initial resistance that you have and get to that point where you can access true performance, cognitive, mm-hmm. emotional, what all these different things that 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 turn into flow, you know, and eliminate right. drag. And so. Um, you know, uh, if you want, I can go through the principles of free. Yeah, we're gonna is, get we're gonna get into yeah. that. I, I, I definitely want to get into free uh, in in a second. I, I do want to put out uh, real quick uh, a cautionary disclaimer, and there and there, and you'll understand this prime. I'm sure you know about this. Um, that if anyone listening is wanting to go and do breath holds, uh, you do it with someone. Don't do it uh, in a pool alone. We actually the Navy SEALs. We lost two guys. Uh, must have been 2017 2018 they were doing breath holds in the pool together and they both died they pushed they were pushing one another past their their limits um and and you know there's there's definitely benefit in pushing yourself but you got to do it intelligently and you got to do it safely so i just want to put that disclaimer out there too and then uh and uh and then i want to come back to your your free technique here in a second but uh uh, you know, you mentioned Avatar, which is I, I wanted to mention that in the in the breath holds that they learned to do it. And I also recently started watching Chris Hemsworth new series uh, Limitless, and uh, the, you know the yeah the first episode he's um, trying to overcome stress, and they have him going and walking on this crane at the top of like a three hundred foot building or something like that. But one of the first things they do is drown proofing. And and honestly, I think it's a I think it's a ploy for for Chris Hemsworth to rip his shirt off and all the for everyone to look at him without his shirt on. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Chris my Hemsworth, wife, the Navy SEAL. Yeah, my right. Yeah. My wife enjoys the show. She says she enjoys it for one reason. <laughs> I think she enjoys it for another. Uh, but there, <laughs> there's definitely value in uh, in pushing yourself past your limits and what you can do. You can do that in the water. So now I've talked long enough. Let's come to that free technique, man. Can you run us through the F-R-E-E technique? Yes, 100%. But I want to touch on the, the military water survival acronym yeah. first. Um, and uh, about a month a month and a half ago, I think there was a car- uh, Carnival Cruise 
passenger that was like basically partied all night. He was back in his bed on the ship and he got up on the ship and started trying to navigate to the bathroom and he fell off the railing and yeah. ended up in a 20, 22 hour or whatever survival That's situation insane. in the water. So I bring that up because it's, it directly goes into what you just said on the disclaimer and the safety, but military water survival uh, training was created after world war two when uh, individuals had fallen off the ships, like randomly sweeping or this or that and fallen off and then ended up in survival situations for days in the ocean. And uh, some of them were good. Some of them were not good swimmers. So e either way, all of the ones that survived, they debriefed them when they came back and what they created out of it was the water survival program. So the, mm. if the military water survival program, so I'm going to give the acronym and I just want you to imagine each one like the carnival cruise guy that fell off, he's in the middle of the ocean and now he's in a survival situation. So once you're in a survival situation in the water and, and just uh, the safety and the grounding that we have of dealing with water, it's like weapon safety rules. This is water safety rules. Is water, I, I really stress this from water survival. So it's safe, the acronym safe. We add B for us because we add buddy system always in effect. So you always want a buddy with you and you always want an instructor with you. Ideally, when you're doing underwater training, you always want a buddy with you when you're doing surf training or ocean training. You know, you always want a buddy with you when you're in like extreme circumstances or you're out backpacking in dangerous areas or anything. Buddy system always in effect. S, slow and easy movements. Okay, so slow your movements mm -hmm. down, slow and easy, intentional. You know, we always say don't have your fingers open. You're doing work for no reason. Web your hands right. like this. <laughs> intentional think about what you're doing you're not, you, you don't have new energy supply coming you're in the middle of the ocean there's no picnic coming there's no water resupply there's no iv no fruit there's no electrolyte salts there's not, none of that stuff so you got what you're wearing and your ability to control your mind and your body so slow and easy movements you want all your movements to pay off for you and have an roi return on investment for everything that you're doing because you're not getting new energy a apply natural buoyancy so in the ocean, we're a little bit more buoyant than we are in the pool, but apply natural buoyancy, lean back, turn yourself into a flotation device. F, full lung inflation. So you fill your lungs up and you keep it filled and you power breathe. So uh, yeah. And now I can sit there and float like a cork instead of ah, yeah, ah. yeah. Right. as the buoyancy. Is, yeah. I love that. I love when I, when I'm when I'm in, yeah, when I'm in the ocean and and just like sometimes I just take a big breath, lie back, like huge, huge, because I'm just I'm a, you know with the I think we forget sometimes or, or one of the ways to avoid. Sorry to cut into the acronym. It's oh. just like we have this ability to breathe. We have we can make a balloon in our body, and if we make a really big balloon, we're just gonna float. And like it's awesome just to kind of lie back and relax and just hold that breath for a few seconds. And I like how you take that power breath, a little exhale out, another big inhale in, and you maintain that buoyancy. So anyway, um, but yeah, E, please. Um, e, extreme relaxation. So, I mean, like the water, we're never going to beat the water. None of us, you know, like I've been a, a instructor and, and been doing thousands of reps and doing this. And, you know, I'll go surfing with my buddy Cole Hausman and his dad. He's a Cole's a pro surfer and him and his dad have been surfing the same wave in San Clemente since he was a little kid. So they can take me out there and basically plug me in and get me coaching like high level surf coaching and I get waves and I, and all that stuff. But then what happens sometimes after I catch a wave is, is I'll get caught trying to get back out 
and it's just wave after wave after wave after wave sometimes and it's crashing on me and i'm not special like i'm it's i i'm getting rocked and i'm just and so i have to just immediately go through these principles and relax Mm -hmm. and basically relax and then come up with the plan and start executing that plan and then if Mm -hmm. i and then i have to let go of that plan each time if it doesn't work and i have to let go of my board again and relax and breathe and you know work through the process one thing at a time I've had bad situations where we've done ocean training and a girl almost drowned and got caught in the pier and we had to do a rescue and, and things like that. And the ocean can back up on you. It, it, the ocean is not a controlled environment. So mother nature can turn on you in a second and you can get caught in a rip current. You can get caught in, under a wave. You can get caught in the pier. You can get caught in all these things. And it comes down to when you get into a, a stressful situation or a survival situation with anything in life, is that nothing else, immediately nothing else matters except working through that situation. So mm-hmm. less is more, nothing else matters, and it's one step at a time making it as simple as possible until you work yourself out of that situation. You know, it's like yeah. when an IED goes off or there's like the worst case scenario overseas. How do you process this thing? One thing at a time. Right. How do you eat an yeah. elephant? Yeah, one, one bite, bite at, at a time. time. Right. I don't know. <laughs> you know yeah. Um, I think also so, how do you even uh, main, get into that mindset, right? It's just remain calm, right? This is the first piece, right? Staying calm so we can, you know, instead of dropping into the panic situation, I need to breathe or I need to get out of here or whatever, you know, those that five alarm fire going off in your mind, right? By, by staying calm, again, we, we shift into that parasympathetic nervous system where we have our right mind and therefore we can make you know, like more effective choices, depending on what the circumstances is that's right in front of us. So, um, yeah, if you want to, uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to just Will, claim that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you just hit on a very, a very important point. So kind of, you know, in, in military operations and, and, and things like that, we're back planning, we're doing contingency planning and we're back planning off the worst case scenario. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the worst case scenario is exactly what you just said. Panic, that you that you would lose control of your thoughts to where you would be induced in panic and mm. uh panic is when someone loses the ability for self-help Ooh, so okay. i like that definition. so i've seen so like going back to that ocean rescue you know i was in a situation where the waves picked up the the current picked up and it took swimmers into the pier and all of a sudden I was trapped under two waves. I looked up and there was a, a, a guy there that his girlfriend was caught in the pier. And so he was just white as a ghost and he was pointing like this. And I was like, and when I saw it, she had just gotten smashed in the pier. So she has already has red, like blood is starting to come out of her arm. And she's, she's like, has the eye of the gerbil is what yeah. we call it. You know, where it's like, Oh, you know, like, I, like uh, you got to get to this person. Cause they're not, they're not able to help themselves out of the situation. So it's so crazy when someone gets into that point that even when we got her to a point where she could stand and she was out of the situation, she was out of the pier, she was in safety, that she just collapsed. She couldn't stand. She couldn't walk. She couldn't help herself. She couldn't do anything. So literally had to take her and drag her and put her on the beach and then go help, you know? And it's like, that's the worst case scenario is that we get to that point. So it's like, we never want to get to that point. So we got to, as soon as we get into stress or as soon as shit start, as soon as we get hit, someone, there's something happens. The immediate thing is controlling our mind and working through the situation. 
one step at a time. Right. What, what's the best way to get into that controlled state of mind? Free. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, we'll I'm going to go through the free. I'm going to go through the free, but, um, you know, uh, so my partner, Don, and I, we created free uh, in, w when we started the companies because we were trying to create an acronym that would be a turnkey system that would be the simplest thing to unlock performance in a stressful situation or for an elite athlete or for anyone that's trying to break through stress or whatever. Um, so um, fo free is uh, kind of like a turnkey system, kind of like OODA loop for fighter pilots. Mm -hmm. So fighter pilots have the system observe, orient, decide, act. And so we kind of use the same thing in a same similar format with free. So focus, relaxation, economy of motion and efficient breathing. So, mm -hmm focus mental focus so how can you how can you how much can you close out all those other tabs that are open to be singularly singularly focused on one thing in the present moment right so when we go underwater or when we're in a survival situation a lot of these athletes love it because they can close out everything else and they can just focus on that one thing right mm. and so that's like a superpower that we have in a survival situation that we use and that's what that's another benefit that we get of training but it's then training our mind to be able to do that outside of the pool and outside of survival situations. And when we're hopping on a call that we want, don't want to get on, or when we're going into a hard conversation that we don't want to deal with, or we want to avoid, but we got to approach it or, you know, all these different things. And, um, and so focus, mental focus, close out all those other tabs. I used to do mental focus training with the trainer here in San Diego before I was going into Marine Raiders and he would have me do all these workouts and then at the, you know, for six hours or whatever. And at the very end, it was a, it was a mental focus demonstration with a seven pound stick. And so I'd have to hold, I was young, maybe like 22, 23 years old, 24 years old when I was doing this impatient. I'm an hour from Camp Pendleton. It's midnight or it's 11 o'clock. I still have an hour drive. I've been working out since five 30 in the morning, you know, and I'm like sitting there like, how long is he going to have me hold this? stupid stick out you know and i'd be holding it out and uh and um and like then, out straight you know, he, you're out like yeah out parallel to the floor out. okay yeah yeah yeah, seven, yeah. Oh, seven shoulders pounds. are killing you right seven your back <laughs> all of it yeah and you're just thinking like the first couple minutes are always the hardest and you and all those other tabs open up and it's like well i still got to get home or i still got to get my shit ready for tomorrow or i still gotta you know i didn't eat dinner yet or i didn't i still got to figure out how I'm going to pack my stuff for the field tomorrow or this, da, 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 all these things. And it's like, none of that shit's going to help me hold this. It's making it harder holding this stick out, you know? And so mm. eventually what would happen, you know, and I would get so frustrated. I'd, I'd like to start, ah, I put, I like put it, I'd, I'd want to hit my trainer. Sometimes I'd want to <laughs> smash, smash his house apart. Cause he was acting like he was doing mind games the whole time with me going, Oh, you know, watching TV or talking to a girl or whatever he was doing. And, um, and so uh, I would have all these breakdowns and then at the very end, it would be a breakthrough where I would be like the, the deepest focus ever. And, you know, it's, it'd take an hour or whatever. And, and then after that, he would come up and say, hey, you're done. And I, I would be like, no, nah. no, nah, you don't uh, you don't tell me when I'm done, dude. You know, fucking you nice. don't you don't have that. You don't you don't get that right. You know, and I yeah. would get to this focus point where, you know. And, and so that was before I did underwater training. But once I got into underwater training, I was like, whoa, I can't, you can access that without having to 
work out for eight hours that day you know right that's beautiful that's awesome and so that was like an aha moment for me Mm -hmm. with focus it's like i'm the master right you know what i mean i'm the master not my thoughts not all the panic not my heart rate going up not my instructor trying to like you know will me into doing whatever fucking with me in some way it's like i'm the master right i'm is that is that kind of like uh the state of being that you get to after like from that kind of training with that seven pound bar, the stick or, but also, you know, getting into the water and and just becoming more of a, you know, uh, trusting yourself a little bit more in the water. Yeah, Yeah. it is. It's like a, if there's a surrender part of it, you know, (laughs) you got, and uh, you got to, it's like discipline and surrender and flow is in the middle, you know, you gotta, Mm. you gotta be disciplined enough to stick it out and you gotta, um, you got to surrender, you know, the shit that's not like the things that are creating drag for you, you know, and Mm -hmm. let it go and the things that are out of your control and you got to just surrender to what you're doing, you know, surrender to that, to that moment. And, um, and so, uh, you know, John can attest to this, like going through the military and then going through, you know, seer school and advanced seer school and all this stuff. And then going through my childhood, and real quick shit Brian, that I've, for yeah. for those who who are not in the military for those who uh, don't know what seer school is yeah you you will but also our listeners uh seer, seer seer school is survival evasion resistance and escape and it's basically they teach you how to survive in the field uh how to evade the enemy so that you can evade capture eventually everyone gets captured in this training and then you have to resist being um, you know, uh, I don't know, but you, 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 you resist the questions, the interrogations, that type of thing. And then, uh, and then you work to escape. So S E R E. And it's, uh, it's a pretty brutal school. You, you go, uh, without eating for a week, basically. Um, you, you, you eat a, maybe you eat a rabbit, uh, that they divide across the class, and uh, you don't you don't eat a lot. I lost uh, I think 19 pounds in the five Holy days that I was shit. I was gone uh, uh, for it. But sorry, I, I didn't mean to hijack the conversation. I just want to make sure no. that everyone knew what Cedar School was. Yeah, no, I, thanks for saying that. And then yeah, you resist. You so you learn to resist because you know you have whatever information in the scenario and blah blah blah. And then you don't want to give that up. And so you re, you learn to resist and and that kind of thing. And uh, and then you know, that's one of the biggest, that's one of the most learnings that I had at any school is going to SEER school and then advanced SEER SEER course and advanced SEER course, you know, you're, you're basically ending and, you know, with an understanding of how to like, if you're put in a situation, how to, you know, discredit, disable and resist everything until the point where you escape and, you know, cuffs and locks and being tied up and, you know, being in the facility, you know, you gotta, you gotta break out of the trunk of a car and break out of all of your constraints and cut all your stuff off and break out of everything in the facility. And so my only point was saying that's not, yeah, it's not like I, it's not like if you put me in there in the back of the trunk right now that I would start Jason boarding myself out. I I don't even remember (laughs) any of that, but, um, but the point is, is that, you know, I've been to courses since I've got out. I go, I try to put myself in things that are outside of my comfort zone and go into emotional intelligence courses and stuff where I'm like, mm. 
It's mm. the last thing that I want to do is going and checking in for a weekend at a course, you know, with a hundred people that I don't know. And I'm an introvert and have social anxiety and all this other stuff. But what I've learned out of those bro. is that, yeah, but I've learned so much about myself that it's like, man, it's like the deep end of the pool for me going there. But a lot of the feedback that I've gotten through some of the training that I've gone is like, man, you resist. <laughs> you're, you're a resistance guy. It's like, bet your ass I am. I'm a resistance expert. It's not like, um, <laughs> you know, it's not like I made this stuff up. Like I'm resisting every part of this program because I'm trained to, and that's my makeup, you know? Mm, and so, yeah. uh, so then, and, and that's stuff that's happening subconsciously that I'm like, I'll go in and I'll start resisting everything. And so I use the free part and the mindfulness stuff. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm in this, path of learning and 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 uh and understanding mm. and growth kind of like a white belt for the rest of my life because i noticed when i got out of the like military that. that i was like a robot you know i had no emotions and i was like all this stuff and and so i had to fully transition and and i got you know into some random healing things that i thought i was going with with one of my teammates that opened up all this stuff for me to start dealing processing trauma and dealing with stuff you know from my whole life that i never even talked about you know and um and so uh you know i'm uh, i don't know i'm in a real like uh, beginner's mindset with a lot of there you with, go, with man. a lot of, with a lot of this but i'm also um you know in full transparency i, I battle that you know uh yeah. that resistance all, all right. the time and I'm coming out of the military and I'm like, I'm looking at, you know, I have resistance with a lot of things. I have resistance looking at col our culture. I have a resistance moving through society. And every time I, I drive through my neighbor, my, my neighborhoods where I have a pool or I have these things that I've been part of for five years now that I'm there, there's more homeless people on every corner. There's more of this mm. on every corner. There's more of mm. that. And, and there's more of this and there's more of that. And I'm like, I'm in suburbia. And I'm looking at like, how do I put in perspective the things that I, the, 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 even the horrific things that I've seen and the things that mm -hmm. I saw overseas and the things that happened mm -hmm. to me in childhood. And how do I put that in perspective now that I'm in this, like, you know, it, it, the weirdest things, like even going to a play with my wife's parents, you know, and in the play they're killing people and it's a big murder and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is horrifying. Like, mm -hmm. why am I, I, I don't need to be around any of this. This is horrible. I, I got to, so part of it is setting boundaries and mm -hmm. understanding like, Hey, just because society comes and comes to these plays and, and this is a thing that you guys do, I cannot, this does not work for me, you know, and mm -hmm. I have to separate myself from this uh, and things like that, that don't serve me or else it will start to take me. It will start to hijack my energy and my focus. So Primo, I want to, kind of dig in on that a little bit um well first i, I don't did we finish free uh, i know we talked about focus relaxation economy of motion and efficient breathing but did we dig in on relaxation economy of motion and efficient breathing i know we talked no. about uh, yeah, relaxation yeah, no. being key for resilience um but then yeah. i also uh let's let's finish out free and then i want to come back to what you just touched on there your trauma um, that you've been exposed to as a child or on the battlefield and how what you do in the pool has helped you personally with that. And then I want to, if you're, if you're comfortable doing so, 
Um, I know you talked to Mark Devine about uh, some plant medicine healing that you've that you've experienced. Um, so I know that's a lot. If we could go through free, yeah. let's talk about the, yep. the trauma and then uh, some plant medicine healing. Solid, brother. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally Thanks, Prime. to do that. Yeah. Um, so uh, to, to, to go through free, so mental focus, closing out all those tabs, you know, so we could be singularly focused on the present moment. Sometimes those tabs, some of those tabs are unconsciously open. So yeah. you got to go through and diligently close out some of those tabs. Um, yeah. And so, you know, UFC fighters sometimes have said like, you know, when they get into spar in the ring, that that's when they'll think about like, they left their stove on or this, you know, they, they, they got these things that, and it's like, no, no, yeah. like, you know, focus. So, um, so that's it. And then relaxation is, you know, go, I'll talk, I'll, I'll talk each one quickly through the pool and then how it relates to life. But, you know, yeah. as soon, it, like, like turning your low, your, yourself, your phone on low power mode, you know, when you're at a concert, you're at an event where you need your battery or whatever. You're, you're, you're essentially doing that with yourself when you're going underwater because all this extra movement and anything like that is going to be completely gone when I go underwater because the only movement and energy I'm going to expend is what's moving me towards my goal or whatever performance I'm trying to unlock. So, like, the, it's full relaxation, head-to-toe, relaxed, and just it's a relaxed focus. Um and then again, when you're in a when you're in a stressful situation in life, or mental health, or emotional health, or any of these things, it's a similar thing that I that I recommend that you put yourself into low power mode. You stop signing up for all these extra things immediately. You close it down. You start to bring it in. You close out all these tabs, and you start to lean in and figure out what's the root of the problem. A mm. um, mm. relaxation in your life. Are you an introvert like me? Or are you an extrovert? Where do you get your energy? When, where do you recharge? Is it by yourself? Is it with others? And then how can you use that information to scale your impact? You know? Hmm. Um, so I've, I, I, I feel like I'm on a mission. I've had a lot of near-death experiences where I've gotten, you know, feel, felt the grace of God and felt like I'm a saved person, that I've had been saved to continue living my life. So I have mm-hmm. a very outward-focused mission where – I, I, I want to create impact and I feel like I'm being uh, like I've been in a position to call to be called to do that. But I have a very uh, limitation with my introvertness where it's only so many uh, so, so many meetings or so many calls or so many group events or so many trainings that I can do in a day before I'm wiped. Mm-hmm. And so um so uh, I look for uh, for other ways like this that I could scale my impact and maybe hit a larger group or try to do something with with what I can. Um, economy of motion is flow versus drag. So in mm. the pool, the two kind of principles of swimming is increasing propulsion and reducing friction. So mm. we're increasing flow and we're reducing drag. You know, and we every time we come, we get it's swimming is self correcting from my perspective so even if you just came and you worked by yourself and you watch youtube or whatever and you just figured it out you would get incrementally better and the two principles each time would be reducing drag and increasing flow so in your life you can look at your pattern of life and all the movement that you have everywhere that you go and you can look at what's my strategic goals 
and what's my strategic purpose and what's my strategic relationships and how does that align with all of this movement that I do? Where can I trim fat on my movement and make it more efficient so that I have more time and energy to spend on my strategic goals, purpose and relationships um, and create more flow, flow, flow. Where does the drag in my life? Where's the physical drag in my life? Well, it's from all this extra movement, these tricks I've been doing that aren't paying off for me. Where's mm -hmm. the mental drag in my life? The mental drag is coming from that resistance that I've been telling you about where I'm in sometimes find myself in dilemma of, you know, being in suburbia versus being overseas versus putting everything in perspective or whatever that is. These mental traps that come into my mind. One of the starting pitchers here for the Padres has has dealt with performance anxiety, you know, from throwing a no hitter. And so last off season, he went from breaking through that to holding his breath for four and a half minutes. You know, what he wow. learned is figuring out how that, those, that, that performance anxiety, it holds him back, but also how he can partner with his mind instead of resisting it, you know, mm -hmm. to work with it, to part, to, 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 to unlock more results. So how can you create more flow and eliminate drag mentally? Where's the, what's the mental traps that are coming into your mind? Where are the weeds that are coming in? Not the roses, but the weeds, you know? And I, I like to think of my thoughts in my mind from like a four agreements perspective, you know? Like I'm yeah, always keeping my word agreements. to myself. It's a grounding thing. It's just like a reset. But, but in my mind, I'm not saying, hey, I'm going to drink. I'm going to start drinking water this year way more than what I've always done, you know, in my head. Today, I'm going to drink a gallon of water, and then I just make a false promise and never do it. Right, no. Right. Be if I say it work. to myself, yeah. If I'm mm -hmm. saying it intentionally to myself, then I'm doing it, you know, and it's like making that a practice. But clearing mm -hmm. out your yeah. thoughts and understanding what's coming into your mind. Low information diet, whatever you need to do. And then yeah. the last one is efficient breathing. So simply, my, my mind runs away from me. All of our minds run away from us, from my experience, in some way or another. So your mind's not you, though. Your mind's not you. You're, you can observe your mind, but you're not your mind. So finding a way, and that's been a, a challenge, to, uh, to um, sorry, I just lost track. Um, no, it's probably probably because I sent a message to, to Will yeah. to check his mic, and I, I got you distracted, man. Sorry about that. No, 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 <laughs> no. It's all good. But uh, but what what was I? I was trying to so, complete a so thought. So we're, we're going through the, the 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 four agreements. How that ties into what it is with uh with regards to economy of motion, being impeccable with your word, drinking water. If you say you're going to drink the water, you hmm. do it. Uh, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with, with no one else knowing just yourself, Yeah, you know, it's like, Hey, um, like I'm going to go to the jujitsu class at six 30 tomorrow morning, you know, before I go to the office, I'm going to go make, get that done. And I know that it's no gear, or it's ski or whatever the uniform is. I got that. I got that uniform ready on my, by the door so that all I need to do when I wake up at the time that my alarm goes off is I wake up, I brush my teeth. I go downstairs and I get my bag and I go to my car and I'm at the gym, you know? And so part of it is making, setting up your process to where it's simple as possible. And so dumbed down. Like if your goal is, if you're, if you're, if you're going to do a run, if you're going to start running and you're going to do a run tomorrow, put your shoes and socks right by the front door, ready to roll. 
you know, and you're sleeping yeah. in your shorts. That's yeah. I, I sleep, I sleep in my workout gear because of uh, James Clear's <laughs> book, Atomic Habits. Okay. Mm -hmm. if, you know, getting dressed into your workout gear, that's like the hardest part of the, the, the thing. And once you're dressed, it's uh, it's all easy from there. And so. it's reducing that drag as well. And plus like, yeah. you know, when, and also what I love, like, cause I, I self-sabotage in the sense of like, I'm going to do this at six o'clock in the morning. And then I don't do that. And the rest of my day kind of turns like shitty. Right. But when I, when, yeah, exactly. Right. When I say I'm going to do X and I show up and do X the rest of my day, I'm like in this flow state of like, I just want to keep stacking up wins and keep going and feeling good about like the work that I'm doing. And, and it just makes such a big difference. But again, like you're talking about setting yourself up for success, you know, sticking to a plan, make, you know, actuating that plan and then showing up and fulfilling and, and stepping into the arena, whatever that might be. And it's like, and, and that what you said earlier too, is so helpful. Challenge yourself, challenge a little bit more, you know, add another minute, do a couple more reps you know, put yourself in uncomfortable, un uncomfortable situations. And that's going to also help develop more of that, um, you know, that mental resilience, right. But also depending on what you're doing physically, it can help to access more of that physical resilience as well, which just adds to more, uh, EQ as well as more mental resilience as well. For sure. hundred percent. I love it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, what, with what you just said, I mean, it's, for me, it's, it's true, but for so many people that I know, it's that same thing. It's like, if they do that, workout first thing in the morning or they do that thing first thing in the morning then basically that checks the box and then the rest of the day they're you know they're surrendered and they're in there they're actually present and in the in flow yeah. whereas you know it, it like if i don't get that workout in the morning then it's even worse if i was supposed to and i don't but if i don't get it in the morning then as i'm in all my meetings like right now if i didn't work out early this morning i'd be sitting here in my mind going what's wins my workout time, yep. you know, and I wouldn't that. be able to yeah. be focused with you guys. Um, but, uh, but the other part of that, this, and this is like, I don't know if this is like an advanced part or if this is for people that have mental health challenges more, um, or stuff like that, but to, to give it like a, a, uh, some context, you know, when I got out of the military, I got medically retired and they, I had a bag of 15 prescriptions and I was taking like wow. 12 of them. You know, and so taking 12 of them, you're taking two antidepressants, you're taking all this headache meds, you're taking a migraine, you're taking all these things that, you know, uh, that I turned into a person where, you know, my wife would find me on the on the couch in the morning at 9 a.m. And I'd be I'd be dozing off, you know, and, I, and uh, I'm I'm I've, when I was like 13 years old, I had multiple businesses around my neighborhood and at my school and things like that. And I was always I've always had projects and things going you know and so even since i got out of the military i've had different things going on but it's never been in a worse situation than whenever i was on all those meds so when i got off all of them it was a challenge because then now i could feel all you know the depression symptoms that you don't feel when you're taking all of it so now being off of the all prescription meds for at least three years now um mm. i have I literally go to sparring and I go to MMA training uh, and I do, I go and I do jujitsu training with pro fighters where I know that there's no way I'm going to win. They're all going to beat me and they're going to mop me around the floor, but I need that, that getting yeah, right. getting, getting, going into a situation where they're all going to, where I'm going to lose over and over and I'm going to have to, it just, it's such a win for me leaving that thing. And then, you know, going into sparring on Friday 
afternoon, early afternoon on Friday, go spar and get, you know, have people kicking you and trying to kick you in the face and do all this different stuff. And I, I, I have traumatic, I have TBIs. So I, I spar mostly with no headshots, you know, just to play it safe. But the feeling of sparring and having people coming and coming after you like that, that doing that on a Friday afternoon, it sets me up for success for my whole weekend, you know? Yeah. And then, um, this, so, so I don't know what I'm trying to say is just, you know, putting yourself in situations where you're getting the training in, but then I think there's ways that you can innovate your training to get like mental health and emotional and and all these different spiritual things and whatever you want to get, whatever you're make it like more bang for your buck. Yeah. I think it's also, you get off the meds as well. I mean, like we have, I think the statistics are 70% of the entire United States population, adult population is on one prescription Right. And I think it's 28 or 30 percent is on two prescriptions. Right. Where if you start doing some hard stuff, start showing up, get in your body, you might be able to, you know, depending on what your diagnosis is, to get off a lot of those medications by getting back into your body, finding more of your breath. Right. Putting your like challenging yourself to do hard things. And through that challenge, like understanding what it means to feel good about yourself in that flow state. Uh, I don't know. It's just like I like I feel it's awful how many of our citizens are on prescription drugs and they don't need to be, if they would just go out for a walk, go out for a run, get on the treadmill, like, you know, go for a swim, do some cold plunging, understand your breath, do some meditation. Like all those things I just mentioned can help to change over time uh, uh, and maybe get you off prescription drugs completely. I mean, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's just very disheartening for me to, which ties when we have the ability to do it. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that kind of ties into that last E of the, of the free technique. Uh, cause I want to, yeah. I want to get through this cause I want to, I want to touch on some of the other stuff here. So the, yeah. the, the efficient breathing piece, can you touch on that, uh, prime and then how that ties into, uh, you know, life in general? Yeah. So efficient breathing with our, you know, we talked about our minds getting away from us and then, you know, the way that, uh, we can control our minds and kind of assume cognitive control or like get back in the driver's seat, uh, is through, through breath. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I'm resistant. I don't know. I don't, you know, I'm like, I don't like this and And my mind frame, your mind is going to frame things as good or bad, but that's not life, you know? And, and it's going to try to put you, it's going to try to survive. Your mind is going to try to assign meaning. It's going to try to survive. It's going to try to predict things that are going to be dangerous for you and all these things. And it's like, okay, I understand all of that. I'm taking control. Three seconds in, three seconds out through the nose. Mm. And now I notice that I'm in control, that I'm controlling it. And now I'm, I've assumed top-down control, and then now I'm in control. What's next? You know, right. and it, and it's even like, hey, I'm going into a meeting. I feel like stress, yeah, because I'm looking on here, and there's 150 uh, medical professionals that I'm presenting to on the Zoom. I'm like, what? And I'm, <laughs> and and and, uh, and whatever it is, and I'm like, and I got anxiety, get anxiety, and my mind starts to run away from me. I'm like, I haven't been nervous. It's like, what's it? And so efficient breathing you know i like my recovery breath or my relaxation technique is three seconds in through the nose six seconds out through the mouth long exhale so yeah yeah 
but either way, there's triangle breathing, you know, triangle breathing, three, which is three-sided. So we'll use three seconds as an example. So three seconds in through the nose, hold for three, three seconds out through the mouth. And we can do box on the on the uh, on the outro or whatever, or we could yeah. we could do the the other yeah, breathing on the outro. That. But basically, but basically, uh, um, you know, assuming cognitive control and taking over, taking your mind control back. Um, right. You know, sometimes your mind runs away from us. So that free technique—that's what you're teaching. Obviously, you have use that to come off the meds like will was talking about hey we can do some efficient breathing we can do some of this other focus the relaxation to kind of come into the present moment and which might help us to come off the meds but it can also help us to heal from trauma in the past um how have you healed from your trauma your tbis um both from the work you're doing right now with the the underwater work and with the, the plant medicine that you may have worked with that you have worked with yeah, so um, the the underwater work, I think it really uh, it really took me to a point where I was um, I wasn't able to avoid any of the things that were bothering me. Um, so it's like approach versus avoid, and sometimes you 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 get into habits where you avoid things. And it's like oh, ah, yeah. I had a stressful day at work. I'm just going to hit the bar. And it's like yeah. well. But, but what was the root of what's stressing you out is not nothing's getting resolved with that. You're just hitting the bar and then you're escaping now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, so I kind of got to a point where um, where I was like I was unable to avoid the things that were bothering me. And, uh, you know, getting out, I got out and I didn't really know what the what the the the. the the roller coaster that transition was going to be for me, but I got out, you know, got it right into business school at USC, um, started the companies, uh, was in San Diego sports innovators incubator program, my second year of MBA. Uh, and the first year that we started the program, like at the end of the year, we did our first elite training. So we did a six week NFL off season program. And then from that, that was right here at this pool that I'm at, at the La Jolla pool in San Diego, from that six-week off-season program, David Marsh, the Olympic swim coach, came and offered for me to start working with him training the Olympic swimmers. And then from from some of the NFL, one of the NFL players was Manti Teo, um, and he had Alimale McFarland that he went to high school with that was the championship Bellator fighter at the time that wanted to train with us for fights. So then we started getting Bellator and UFC fighters here in San Diego. So I was working with a lot of elite athletes and I was noticing, like, I was look, you know, I was really like, I learned from every every person that I work with and coach and, and train with and everything. So, I don't know. I feel like I've, at so a couple months after I got out, I had a teammate that was in a really bad shape, that was homeless, that was living on the street, that was doing doing all this stuff that I was in Afghanistan with, and we got an offer to go to uh, what is it? Uh, john scott bill brian bill scott bill is, brian is it, bill foundation is it, or scott uh, bill is okay, the father yeah, of brian bill who was died in extortion was a devil oh, okay yeah, yeah 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 and so um and so his dad set up this amazing organization and they take uh 
soft guys getting out, you know, with TBIs and PTSD and take them to this dude ranch in Florida. And you go through some different uh, rapid response therapies with hypnotists, with therapists and stuff like that. And, um, and so I got, I went out there with my, to go with my teammate and then he no showed me at the thing. Mm. So then now I'm at Florida at this, at this dude ranch by myself. And I thought I was going out there to just be like a sponsor to him. And they're like, okay, so now, well, you'll just go through everything, you know, and we already got everything set up. And I'm like, no, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I came out here because Dave, you know, my buddy was supposed to go through. I'm not doing this, you know? And they're like, no, you got, we've got all the support here. Like you, you, this is what this is, you know? So, so anyway, I did, I got a really good therapist, uh, named Mike. He was from Chicago, like a, a street guy growing up. And I had a built a trust with him to where our first day of rapid response therapy, like once he hypnotized me, I just went, went in very deep and was just going to work on finding bad data files or things that were bothering me and working, mm-hmm. navigating through them. And I'd already been through like a six week uh, enhanced exposure therapy with the psych at, at first Raider battalion before I got out. And so, um, I had had to, through that, I had to go through, or I got to go through these memories and record them and say the worst memories that I had and just listen to them over and over and, and do these assignments. I go to Disneyland and be in the group, in the crowd and do whatever these things were that really were just horrifying, like the nightmare for me, uh, at that time. But each time that I went through it, it just seemed to affect me less, you know? So it was like, so anyway, I had, that was my first therapy doing that, getting out. And then I went to this, you know, thing. So it was kind of a feeder program for that because I had all that six-week program that was right. recent. So anyway, after this thing in Florida, you know, I did two days. The first day was all around my military stuff. The second day, he's like, you got so much work done yesterday. I don't know what you want to work on today. And for some reason, I went into childhood. And so we went into my childhood and then, you know, we went into some experiences that I had where I lived in my closet for several years and I had a peeping Tom, you know, when I was growing up and then I had different abuse and shit like that, lived on my own at a young age and these different things that happened before I went to military school because I went to military boarding school and that's how I got into the military life. But, you know, um, all of these, uh, all of those things came out in that, in that healing that I'd never talked, you know, I, I never dealt with any of that. I never talked to anybody about that. I never, you know, so when I came out of that, I remember going through the airport and I was like, man, I could feel people's energy. I could see in color. Like I could see colors of wow. green, these other <laughs> things. And I was like, Holy shit. I've been like a robot, mm. you know, like I got everything turned off, you know? And so I started wow. to feel some different emotions and then I came back and then from there, that's, that kind of opened up Pandora's box. So when I got back from that, my son was, I think six. So when I was seven is when, and seven and eight and is whenever I started having these issues when in my childhood. Right. So I started to have these thoughts about like, Hey, if there was someone outside of my son or my daughter's window, right. For one night and that they picked up on it, that, that second time that that would happen, like that, the, the, whoever was doing that, that they would have a change of, uh, they, they would have 
there would be something that there would be a change in their life. There would be mm-hmm. a, a God changing moment for them. If that, sure. if I found out that somebody was in my kid's window. Oh yeah. For, oh, for yeah. one night, life for ending. one night, for one mm-hmm. night. Yep. And, uh, and so, and, and so then I start to think, well, how did this happen to me for years? Yeah. How did I live in a closet for years? And, and I reported it to my whole family, but you know, they, they didn't catch him until, you know, years later. And then they wow. took, then they, then they cut all the plants down around my window and put on a surveillance light and all that stuff. But, but anyway, so I started to get in this trap of, well, why did this happen to me? Well, why me? And it's like, well, why mm-hmm. did I survive that? Why did I survive this thing? This other thing though? Why did I, how did I survive when the RPG hit at my feet? You know, how did I survive getting attacked like that? You know, why me? Well, why did I have this thing? And then, so it goes down this victim thing, you know, you, and I went down this victim uh, pa- pa- uh, mindset, you know, and I remember sure. getting out, I was in the VA appointments and they were like, Hey, did you, you know, you saw mass casualties or this or that you saw people dying and this and that and explosions and whatever. And I was like, yes, I did. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, I can acknowledge that, but I'm not going to tell you that I'm a victim and I, I don't care about whatever you're saying with PTSD or anything else, because like, you know, I don't want to, I didn't want to look at myself like that, but Mm -hmm. then it came, it came. (laughs) So it always does. Yeah. And so it's part of the healing process in some weird way, but it's, it it just like it hit me. And so I had that going on on both sides. And then, you know, at that time I was really, loud noises, bright lights, you know, and all these things. And, and anything could throw me off to where I would have a horrible day, you know, it's like, and so what I noticed is after I got off the meds when I was driving around, I would have, I would just be crying all the time and I would just have tears coming down anytime I wasn't with another person. And sometimes when I was, even when I was training or when I was saying, sometimes it would just happen, you know, it was like, there's something not right with me. You know, something is not right. Cause I literally just cry anytime that I'm not with someone. And so um, I think my depression hit so hard that year that I get, I, I got to a point where I started to feel I had to get, I got rid of my guns at my house. Um, I started to feel like I was in the passenger seat in my life. Um, and, uh, and I, it started to get really scary uh, to where I felt like, um, you know, uh, I had to, to, uh, set some, some anchors in my daily life to where, uh, you know, I didn't do something that was gonna, uh, that I would regret. And, um, you know, so I had like my daughter's bear that was here in my car with me that I had, you know, that I, Mm. that I made sure I didn't, you know, uh, that that helped keep me grounded and, and things like that. But, um, so, uh, I was finishing up my MBA program. One of my MBA teammates was a uh, dev group teammate with Marcus Capone. Yep. And he was like, Hey, you know, something's going on with you, man. And, uh, you know, you got to talk to someone, dude. So I'm going to connect. He connected me with Marcus. Marcus uh, connected me with, uh, you know, the healing group that they had going at that time that was in Mexico and uh and um they started contacting me for healing journeys you know 
And, uh, oh. and so, um, at that time they were offering me journeys and they were like, Hey, you know, this is going to be all these Navy seals there. There's going to be this actor there. There's going to be this, this, and this. And I'm like, no, I don't want to hmm. go to another networking event for the rest of my <laughs> life. I don't want to yeah. meet another, like, I, I want to, if, if I need to go do this in a cave, you know, I got serious problems. I'm not going mm. to socialize and network and meet a single fucking person, you yeah. know? And so I got offered these things and I was hearing, you know, people send me uh, or somehow I heard Mike Tyson talking about podcasts about DMT and five MEO DMT. And, and so these are the things that are, that are happening and I'm getting invited to all these ceremonies that I'm not wanting to go to. And so finally the guy, my buddy miles, that's a former ranger that was sending me all the ceremonies. He said, dude, you don't, you're not going to anything, you know? And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to anything because I don't want to go to a networking event. I don't want to be in a group. I don't want to do any of that. And he's like, okay, so what about a private one, like with a civilian in LA? Yes. That's yeah. the, like private is the, is the key word. So then he's like, okay, so, so I got set up, you know, at that point I was at rock bottom. I've been doing a bunch of dangerous shit. My people, my wife was, had been worried about me for months everybody was you know is, is uh so one day i was up in my room and my wife came home and i said hey uh you know i got a ceremony for next weekend and um which would be like a week from now and she was like no like we can't do another weekend you know oh, like wow. this because it was just like yeah, because I was, I mean, I was drinking, I was driving, I was reckless, I was going in rough, the worst neighborhoods. I was up at UCLA Medical getting appointments for all my TBI and mental health stuff. And I was, walk I was while I was staying up there, I would go to the worst neighborhoods and just walk around all night, you know. Wow. And, wow. Uh, and just do shit that was just like, it just doesn't make any sense. But in my mind, it made sense because it's like, oh, well, guess what? When I'm in this worst neighborhood, it's real. You know, that's real life. Mm -hmm. But right. now I have to go back into suburbia with the bright lights and the noises and all the bullshit. And every day is a production and a theater arts show. Yeah. And it's like, no, I just want to be in the hood where people where it's real life. Like, you know, you, you know, you can't pretend to be shit out there. You are who you are, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and that. And, and I'm saying that, but that's even crazy to say that and think that, but it's just, that's what I, sense, though. That, that's how you were thinking. Yeah. And plus you're in a risky situation as well. I mean, and you're around, like, it's not like the best, you know, community to be in, uh, uh, you know, God bless those people that live in that community, but it's just like, I mean, you're almost acting out and living, you know, like that lower self. Of, of you, you know, and it put in yourself potential danger, you might get in a fight, you know, being in these neighborhoods, and therefore you got to defend yourself, which is like, you know, kind of reliving the war in your mind that's going on and, and like and the experience and depression and the, all those little feelings that you're experiencing. Wow. I mean, it's like literally acting out, so, you know, so you end up going to the the therapist, what that weekend, right? So your wife's like, No, we can't. Yeah. Fight that long. Yeah, so I had the shaman. He's from Australia. He's in town. And this is ayahuasca, you know. if, if I may. Is this ayahuasca or the psilocybin, or what was the what was the plant medicine of choice here? So this was a five meo DMT. So the okay. toad, right? Um, like natural. So it comes from the Sonoran Desert toad, and it's the venom that gets mm -hmm. extracted. And so, um, 
but so long story short, you know, I hit up the the healer and he said, Hey, you know, I said, I need something this weekend, you know, I, and I can travel anywhere, you know, on the West coast. And so, uh, he gave me a, a healing to go to that Saturday up in grass Valley or sorry, up in Northern California. And, uh, <laughs> uh, um, but, uh, so this was like Thursday at that point. So if you can imagine this, this, this is where I was at in life is that I had a bag packed in my car. Cause I thought I was, like my life was ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I already had a bag packed in my car, like before I had the, the ceremony set up for that weekend, there was already a bag in my car that was packed. Um, so, uh, he, so I, I drove, so basically that, that was that night I stayed at my house and then the next morning I drove up North and I stayed, you know, it, I'd never been to Stockton, but I stayed in Stockton that night before. And, uh, like at a, a Marriott residence, like you stay when you're in the military and you're on travel, you know? Yeah. So I stayed in that. It felt familiar but I felt like my life was ending. I was so scared. I couldn't even, wow. didn't even want to close my eyes for like five seconds. I couldn't meditate. I couldn't, I was like, I was a basket case. And I was, as I was driving up there, like I had my shirt off, I was screaming. I was getting out of my car and I was saying, I can't do this anymore. I wow. can't, I can't do it anymore. I can't do this. Can't do it. I can't do this anymore. You know? And it's like, I hadn't ran, you know, in a long time because I my, broke my foot. And so I got out and I just ran, you know, and just just doing crazy shit. It's like, and I had no, I, ha, I didn't like have understand how to set an intention and do that, like going into a journey, healing journey. But I had set an intention without knowing it in that, like I was just at the end of my rope and I wanted to find some type of way to be able to navigate life, you know? And, uh, and so um, I went up there and I was so scared driving up to that place. Uh, but, you know, one thing at a time and just yeah. followed the signs and, and got there. I remember there was even a little girl that was with her parents at the turnoff before the last turnoff. And I was like, oh, I could just turn around or I can go right or I can do anything. And there was a little girl in the back seat that was like, you know, gave me some type of a signal that was like, wow. you know, wow. that it was like, oh, and I have a little daughter. So it's like, just, this is it. This is where life has led me, you know? So I got mm-hmm. there and I got to the residence and, uh, you know, the shaman came out and was like, Hey brother, you know, think you gave me a hug. Like you're here, you know, are you going to stay here tonight? What's your plan? And I was like, I don't have any plan, dude. I don't know what I'm doing tonight. I'm just wow. here for the, I like, I'm here one thing at a time, man. Yeah. And so he took me back, you know, we, we, we went back and we got set up and I didn't even understand who was a healer. And I, like at that point, who was facilitating it? Who was, and there was one other girl that was getting trauma and uh, relationship and eating disorder and whatever else. And so she had all of her own stuff to break through. So the both of us went through those three rounds of toad journeys. And, uh, you know, I'll just say that the first one was, uh, they call it a handshake. So, you know, you do the first one, it's light kind of, from my experience, it was light. It was showed me, 
kind of how to how to take in the medicine, how to hold it in, and then how to breathe it out, and then how to surrender and relax. Um, and then it started to you know kind of show me different information, like you know grievances in life don't matter, um, and things that you know things like heaven and hell are in your mind, and all these different things that kind of like whoa, this is like <laughs> this is you know things I've been looking for my whole life, you know, and I it's like oh my gosh and it's like all these <laughs> flooded with love and, and answers and then it's like okay well that so that first round's over so now we're going to do the individual rounds you know and so the the individual journey is like an overdose so that's a much different experience than that first one yeah so when i took that second one was the was the, the turning point in my life basically that was the transformational uh point where you I thought that I wanted to have that, that I ha whatever suicidal ideations or things that I had basically that cured it that's experience that I went through and that dying experience and feeling and and understanding the feeling what that was I got a life review my whole life played in front of me wow. uh, I got to see how I you know in that situation how I died which is actually a personal thing for me because I was next to a car accident like six weeks before that where an 18 wheeler came off the tracks and a bunch of people got killed and I was Jeez. behind that. And I was thinking, what if that was me? Yeah. I'm just driving to LA for another worthless medical appointment. What if I died in that, you know, and I'm sitting here being pissed in traffic and then I get it. And it's like, I'm pissed in traffic and there's all these people dead, you know? Yeah. It's like, so, uh, you know, I got to that experience played into that, death experience where it was very i connected to it it was very uh traumatizing like so i thought i was dead you know for a couple hours at least like i you, i didn't believe that my car was out front i didn't believe that i had keys or that i was 38 years old or anything i thought i, I was literally just walking around i was 35 then but i was walking around and rolling around in the dirt and I was in these rose bushes and just smelling these roses. And I thought I was a little, like I was a kid and a, and that I had been it, uh, that I, my life was over and that I was in this afterlife and it was so traumatic. And just like, I remember I was holding on to the shaman and like experiencing what my wife was going to experience with me not being there and just all this different stuff. And I was just like, you know, so from that experience, I haven't taken any prescription meds since then. Wow. I haven't drank yeah. alcohol since that experience. How long since ago is that this? one? Three years. Is... That was September 9th, 2018 or 2019. Amazing, wow. man. So three years and three plus months. Yeah. Good for wow. you. Um, and, uh, and I can tell you, like, you know, that was the scariest thing I've ever experienced or been through, going through that 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 one that I've just talking through. And yeah. then um, and uh, and then the, we did one more that was a light one that basically just kind of like on that one, it felt like I just propped me up and it, it put me back into my life. And it was like, here's what you're going to be doing now. This is what your life was meant for. Da, 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 da. And some of it didn't make sense at the time, you know. Cause it was like, it was like, I was getting this feeling like, Hey, what you just experienced and the, and your life being saved that now it's your part of your job in life is to share this information with yeah. others and yeah. to teach, you know, 
and to show and the shaman were telling me right then they're like you just went you just went through like one in a thousand or one one like a serious transformational experience that we rarely rarely see wow. like you you, you had you check the box do you understand nice, what man. you know good work and uh and uh you know like being a crazy experience i came back from that and uh and i, I remember driving oh man she is just a miracle yeah it was a That's miracle awesome, for man. all of us it's a what miracle a for everybody what a blessing yeah oh, so, so then man. all those tears and all that stuff that i was saying like you know it's not that it's gone but it just it shifted it it like i leaned all i leaned all the way through all of my pain and, and went straight through it and got to the other side of it and that's what it wow. felt like you know and uh and it's like the only way to the other side is through homie you know you yeah. can't avoid this anymore <laughs> you gotta go you gotta right. jump in you know yeah exactly as much as it sucks as much as it sucks and all this yeah. stuff and it's like but but one of the interesting learnings that i found with that is that we make up these boogeymen in our head, right? <laughs> no shit. <laughs> and it's like, it's like even the peeping Tom, it, even any of these things. And it's like, mm. I guarantee you, if I look, if I focus on you, Mr. Boogeyman for long enough and I approach you that you're going to run mm. and you're going to mm. disappear and you're not real. You're not real, you know? Mm. And so, uh, you know, but when you avoid it, then it makes it more, gives it more power and it makes it real. You know, yeah, and it's like, mm. but I've gotten to a point like even with the peeping Tom is kind of a, a good example because it's like for my whole life, you know, if I would have seen that guy once I got once I became a man and I was in a position to like do something negative to that person, it's like, you know, I probably would have. But I've had a point now in my life where I almost where I'm grateful that for that for that guy. You know, and I, mm. I'm sorry for whatever it is that he went through or that got, that made him into that. Whoa. But but I'm grateful for him because when I was living in my closet and had to become resilient whenever I was 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, you know, and nobody believed me until they found out at the end. Like, that was my training. That was yeah. that, that training right there is what got me where I am here and got me through, got me into Raiders, got me into anything was that mm. that guy oh, my. was my coach Powerful. <laughs> yeah. Powerful yeah reframe there man wow yeah, yeah for real wow yeah. i uh you know hey maybe just uh, i know we're, we have a lot of, you know uh, running a little bit on time here but i just want two things i'd like to talk about before we close and uh first please talk about the underwater torpedo league and i know it's maybe right uh by olympic 2028 possibly a sport in the olympics uh, and then also, or maybe first start with, you know, all these training, all these different athletes, all these, uh, you know, executives I've been working with, you know, what is it, what is life like for them and what's their performance like punching through that glass ceiling that you talked about in the beginning that I mentioned, like, you know, by doing this work, facing your fears, you know, getting on the other side, like how is that translating on the field of competition and in the boardroom? That's awesome. All right. So, so I, I one question at a time. What was the first one? Oh, no, no. Sorry. Yeah. So the first one is like, so talk about, you know, move, punching through that glass ceiling, you know, that we put yeah. on ourselves by going through, you know, working with free, you know, uh, doing the underwater diving uh, training and, and all the things that you've been working with these different athletes and corporate executives. So what are the results that they're telling you, you know, by moving through this training and how is it translating in their lives? 
So biggest takeaways is uh, anxiety, accountability, and community. Um, and so people things. are wow. people mm-hmm. are learning how to. You know, we had a research study that we did with 100 athletes. The biggest takeaway was reduction in anxiety um, by 28 percent on average. Um, but but anxiety in general, and then the way that we run the the program is it's like a tribal experience where we get in we have a circle of trust you know where we all give out who we are what our goals are what our intention is for the day of what we're trying to accomplish that way we can then hold each other accountable in meeting those goals and then we train and you can't fake who you are when you're underwater and you're training you're in your underwear basically you know you're not in a comfort zone so you can't pretend you know to be whoever you want That's that's your real that's who you are you know and so then at the end, we have another circle of trust at the end to say, like, how we can have, you know, what was the learning? And then we all have accountability in that, too. So um, so that's the biggest thing. And then seeing, like, you know, and then in, in those sessions, we have a lot of breakthroughs. So someone that has a breakthrough and, like, you know, people that, you know, like I had a girl that was an ER nurse. She had a four-minute breath hold, you know, from, from doing uh, – a minute breath hold a minute a minute a minute and then all of a sudden four minutes and then five wow. minutes and then whatever and so when she came up for for the four minute the first time she started crying and we just let her be in her in her in her in, in her experience and then when 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 ready you know it's like what what did you experience what what's your takeaway from that what are you learning about yourself and she's crying because she said that she's been holding back her whole life you know and it's like, you know, and then there's people that, that, you know, they, they, they've been trying to hit a 50 meter underwater for a year and then they hit it. And it's like, anytime that someone hits something that breaks through the glass ceiling, it's always like, okay, what else is possible for you? Oh yeah. What else, wow. what else did you think that you couldn't do in life? Right. Mm-hmm. So when you leave here, I want you to turn your radio off and I want you to integrate on what you just accomplished and what else is possible for you. That's incredible. Yeah, because our our minds often hit those limits and and we we believe those limits, but we are actually capable of much more. Uh, Yeah, it's it's amazing to see people break through those. I mean, we've seen that in training, right? Side by side with people going through tough things and they break past those limits. But it's awesome, I'm sure, to put people up against those limits and see them break through. So good for you, Prime. And I, I know you're doing the work yourself, too. Um, the, the other question that Will had asked was about the underwater t- underwater torpedo league coming to the Olympics potentially. Is that something? Yeah. So the UTL has been. Uh, I mean, that's been since we started. We did the research of of underwater sports and sports in general. You know, and and looking at underwater sports, underwater hockey and underwater rugby was started in the 1940s and 1950s by water oh. enthusiasts. You know. So it's not, we started UTL in two, at the end of 2017, you know, and within like a year, we started getting like viral media attention and Very PR cool. and this and that. Yeah. And so we basically, and we were training Olympic swimmers and Olympians, rug, Olympic rugby and all this stuff leading up to this past Olympics. So basically some of the, uh, uh, Olympic, you know, and then whenever I graduated from USC, I got the dean set me up with a meeting with uh, the two with uh, um, 
gosh, uh, two uh, Olympic swimmers that are alumni of USC, and one of them's on the board of uh, directors for the Olympic Committee. So basically, they've been plugging us in with the nice. pathway for UTL for Amazing. three and a half years now. We've had the roadmap. So basically, um, you know, if we if we establish on once we establish on two more continents, we can yeah. put in our application. But 2028 is going to be here in LA. So like at a minimum, we're training athletes. We're working to get uh, a beta test. We're working to get a thing. But because UTL is co-ed and it, it's a sport that Paralympians can compete in, that it, it is a go to move to the top of the list nice. for Olympic sport. So Congrats, it's, it's just on us for expansion, obviously, man. If you guys like the Today Show came out, to tell our story and <laughs> our whole lives were changing in March of 2020. Our lives were yeah. changing. Oh, yeah, shit. Right. Every, oh, man. Hey, get everything ready. I mean, I, I mean, literally, your sport is we got cornhole on every week. So you're going to be on happening. Get all your legal steam ready to answer the phones. And then what happened that week? Yeah, COVID. Oh, COVID. pandemic. Yeah. And yeah, and, and the Today Show came out for a weekend with us in LA. And we told our whole story. We had the whole, we had our 90210 pool. We had all of our community. And then it never aired. Never aired. Oh, COVID man. hit. All that of our sucks. pools shut down. All of that. So we're at a point now for expansion and growth. We're licensing Deep in Fitness. So we've got 16 Deep in Fitness programs across the country that are set up by other people outside of us in the headquarters and we're nice. looking to expand to over 50 programs by the end of this year Absolutely. so deep in fitness is the feeder program but at the top of deep in fitness at the top of the food chain is utl so that's the that's that's crawl yeah. walk run fly that's the fly phase <laughs> right it, so we man. always feed right. everyone through deep in fitness and get them that crawl walk run and that systematic building block that foundation <laughs> of water confidence and then we start to push it but we've had non-swimmers learn to swim and within two months they're competing or they're not they're not like starting or competing but they're they're getting in utl you know nice. so <laughs> utl is viral and it's exciting and there's a lot of videos right. that have millions and millions and millions of views and one of our last videos hit 75 million views i think two weeks ago oh, on wow. utl but it's just like but but uh wow i love utl Congrats, i mean um that, but that right deep there in is, fitness is really the focus you know that's that's all a testament to your resilience right hey today today's yeah. show comes out march uh, 2020 they don't they they video you doesn't air kind of falls flat but guess what you continued marching on pressing forward helping people become better versions of themselves helping people heal helping people break those glass ceilings so Congratulations, Prime. That's so awesome, man. It's been such a great show with you. Really appreciate you coming on. Like I said at the beginning, we're going to wrap yeah. it up with a with a closing practice. And we would be honored if you would run us through that uh, closing practice. But before you do that, uh, if you got one second, two seconds to tell us how people can find you and Underwater yeah. Torpedo League and your book. Yes. Awesome. So uh, thank you. Deepinfitness.com is deep in fitness and you can get involved. There's programs starting all over the country. You can get involved. If you're interested in starting your own program, reach out to us. My email is prime at utlnation.com. So you should get a response if you reach out within 24 hours. Um, and then utlnation.com 
for UTL. If you want to see the, the, the footage of that, there's a UTL on YouTube. Um, and then for me personally, uh, I have been working on a, a book. It's the, the title's not a hundred percent, but it's around, the book is around turning obstacles into opportunities and resilience and, and, Love it. um, working through traumas and reframing things into opportunities and, and, and all of that. And so Bethany Marshall is the author. She's been uh, working with me and uh, uh, on that for over a year now. So that thing's almost nice. drafted. So we're looking to do the, the, um, the launch on that or the pre-sale launch or whatever it is uh, in about a month. And then we're looking to release the book around veterans day this year. So, oh, man. um, Rats. If you want to look we'll at that, back. you can go to yeah. uh, primehall.com and then that, that book link is the first one. So if you want to get involved with the publishing process or in this uh, pre-part, you know, we'll, we'll be rolling on that. Yeah, I'd love to have you back the when the book weeks. comes out. We can talk about it. Yeah, I'd love to have you back uh, when the book comes out. And we can talk about. I mean, I think it's a great conversation, John, for our audience is overcoming yeah. obstacles. Yeah. You know, and that's Always. so much of you know getting out of our way. You know, so uh, awesome. Uh, let's have that grounding practice. Unless there's anything else, Prime, uh, please. Uh, how's the connection? Yes, gotcha. It's good. It's good. Fading once in a while, but you, you sound great right now. All right, it's solid. So, oh. uh, real quick, yep. just gonna we're gonna start off with uh, upper regulation. So we're gonna go 15 seconds of in through the nose, out through the mouth, as hard as you can. And when you do it, just try to clear your mind, empty out all those tabs, and just become singularly focused on the present moment. We're gonna go in through the nose, out through the mouth for 15 seconds on me. <laughs> right into a relaxing calming breathing three seconds in through the nose six seconds out through the mouth So with that, like that empty mind, the beginners in the beginner's mind and the empty mind, there's endless possibilities. In the expert mind and the cluttered mind, there's limited possibilities. Oh, awesome. I think he just cut out. Uh, oh, I think it, maybe his phone yeah. died or something, but yeah, I think sure that's did. the end of our episode great. at Prime oh. Hall. Oh, what a, what a, what a, a dramatic ending. <laughs> maybe Hold it'll on. come back. I don't know. Let's yeah. see. Uh, well, it looks like he may rejoin us there, but uh, it looks like he may have dropped off. But yeah, great, great ending. Um, great, yeah. great stories there dealing with a lot of stuff and how mm -hmm. to overcome those in different modalities. But yeah, uh, try that out. Uh, let's see. Uh, there he comes on his phone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, brother, can you still hear us? Hey. Yes, I had to switch All right. to the alternate. All good, man. Hey, you've got your primary, your alternate. You got you got your pace plan. So good to see you. We'll we'll wrap it up here, man. Uh, it's been so great having you. Thanks for leading us through that practice, Prime. 
And, uh, you know, we really appreciate your time. We appreciate what you shared with us uh, personally, professionally, and, and everything in between. So you've been a great guest and uh, we really appreciate yeah. you. I'd love to have you back after your book comes out. And then, uh, yeah, man, uh, for our audience, you know, thanks for joining us here today. We obviously appreciate you. We uh, love that you tuned in live or that you're tuning in later in the video format or the podcast format. And please share this episode and everything that Prime shared with us uh, with whoever needs to hear it. Whoever, you know, this story may change a life or save a life. So please share it and uh, share it far and wide. And I'll turn it over to Will for any last comments. Yeah, just a big thank you, um, uh, Prime. And I really in, I enjoyed, I thought it was very, just a great way that you explained the work, putting it into kind of digital references, like closing all the tabs, like disconnecting, you know what I mean? I think it's, it's very applicable for like, you know, a great way to teach. So I really appreciated hearing that today. And, and I just love what you put in the world, Prime. And, you know, if you, if anybody out there listening could just, you know, get involved into the deep end fitness or, or just challenge yourself in some ways, step into the arena of your life. Cause that's where the possibilities are. And I, and also really enjoyed that beginner's mindset. You're surrendering, not, you know, not being a know-it-all, but being a, what's, what do we say in that episode, John, you know, being learn a, uh, I don't know, learn it all. Exactly. All. Exactly. And that's where the possibilities really begin to open up. And, uh, Thank everybody for listening. Again, we have a retreat May 18th to the 21st here on the East Coast in uh, New York State. So sign up for that. We have an early bird special going on until uh, end of day, January uh, 18th. Or, or, yeah, that's right. So um, thank you, John. Thank you, Prime. It's awesome to always connect with our veterans, you know, because the guys are just doing such great things in the world. And I, and I just I love it. I love it. I love it. And I, I thank you both very much and, and our audience as well. So thanks, guys. Thanks, Prime. Thanks, Will. Until next time. Yeah. Peace, for joining us today we hope you walk away with some new tools and insights to guide you on your life journey new episodes are being published every week so please join us again for some meaningful discussion for more information please check out mentalkingmindfulness.com.